Top 1000 Radio. Ooh, song battles. I don't think so. Top 1,000 rings. 1,000 rings. Song. Good evening, ladies. And gentlemen, but mostly ladies, because this is a... This is nice Top 1000 Radio, because we got a very romantic list tonight. And it's going to have a lot of... Uh, a lot of really cool songs on it that could be at your wedding. And one of them was at my wedding, so uh, got that going for us. All right, thanks to everybody for listening. We are still chugging right along, adding people to the list all the time, adding people to the to the uh, listener list at least. Um, if you haven't, please follow. If you haven't, please rank the show. And please rank it five stars. Okay? If you don't like the show and you want to let me know about it, rank it five stars first and then go. There's a little comment thingy you can go on uh, at the bottom of the episode on Spotify. And you can tell me um, that I'm a big dope or whatever you want to call me. All right. I can take it. I can't really. I'll cry. Um, but, you know, that that's probably more incentive for you. Uh, and, uh, if you know anybody who might dig this type of thing, you know, people who are into music, music trivia, fake radio, all right, tell them all about Top 1000 Radio Song Battles. Uh, we are on iHeart, we are on Google Podcasts, we are on, uh, Apple Podcasts, and we're on, uh, Spotify, so let them know. And listen to episode 15 if you don't know what it is we're doing here. If you're confused, okay, and you're like, what is this guy doing? He's just random. Yes, <laughs> it's pretty random, okay? In fact, I'm going to rename the random number generator because it takes too long to say it. I'm going to rename, I'm going to dub the random number generator from now on will be known as Randy Jenner, okay? Randy Jenner, that's who picks the songs, all right? I don't pick the songs, Randy Jenner does, Okay? All right, so, and then uh, give give the, the method a try. You know, make your own method. Our uh, My lists are at top1000radio.blogspot.com. I will try to update it this weekend, get a, get a little more stuff on there. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you want to give it a try, give it a try. I'd like to hear about it. And I'm also distracted because uh, Mississippi State and Auburn are in the top of the six, and State is down by one, and I'm... I'm very distracted, uh, and and uh, the way home this to the Friday traffic and whatnot. And my air conditioner broke down in my go kart. Uh, yeah, it was hot today, and uh, that was not a fun drive. But I rebounded. I've been uh, I've been you know pounding creatine since I got home, and uh, no water. All right, wait, you're not supposed to do it that way. You're supposed to drink water. Okay, I'll try. Um, all right, news and reviews. Uh, 1967, working at Abbey Road Studios in London, the Beatles completed the sessions for Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. The final recordings were a short section of gibberish and noise, which would follow a day in the life. We kind of heard that on here uh, in the run-out groove. They recorded assorted noises and voices, which engineer Jeff Emmerich then cut up and randomly reassembled and edited backwards. At John Lennon's suggestion, they also added a high-pitched 15-kilocycle whistle 
audible only by dogs. These were omitted from the American version of the album. Because we don't play like that in the USA, John. In 1990, Paul McCartney set a new world record when his concert at the Macarena Stadium in Rio de Janeiro drew an audience of 184,000. At the time, it was the largest crowd to attend a rock concert. And I'll bet you didn't know that they built an entire stadium just for the Macarena, did you? No, you didn't. And sadly, on this day, 2016, April 21st, Prince was found dead of a drug overdose in his elevator at uh, Paisley Park at age 57. Sad. All right, on that note, let's get to our song notes. Salisbury Hill, Peter Gabriel's debut solo single from his first album, 1977's Peter Gabriel, a.k.a. Carr. He wrote the song about a spiritual experience atop Little Salisbury Hill in Somerset, England, after his departure from the progressive rock band Genesis, of which he had been the lead singer since its inception. It reached number 68. Gabriel has said of the song's meaning, It's about being prepared to lose what you have for what you might get. It's about letting go. The song is mostly written in 7-4 time, an unusual time signature that has been described as giving the song a constant sense of struggle. The meter settles into 4-4 time only for the last two measures of each chorus. Producer Bob Ezrin had guitarist Steve Hunter perform perform three identical takes, tripling the guitar, for the chorus effect heard on the track. Ezrin and Hunter differ on their recollection. Ezrin remember it being a 12-string and Hunter a Martin acoustic. Travis picked with a capo on the second fret. Hunter wins because his story is way more detailed and harder to understand. Can't Help Fallin' in Love from the album Blue Hawaii, 1961. Written by Hugo Peretti, Luigi Creator, and George David Weiss. Peaked at number two. The melody is based on Plaisir d'Amour, a popular French love song composed in, 19, in 1784 by Jean-Paul de Martini. Initially written from the perspective of a woman as Can't Help Fallin' in Love with Him, which explains the first and third line ending on in and sin, rather than the words rhyming with you. During Presley's late 60s and 70s, early 70s live performances, the song was performed as the show's finale. Most notably, it was also sung in the live segment of his 1968 NBC television special and as the closer for his 1973 global telecast, Aloha from Hawaii. A version with a faster arrangement was the closing number in Presley's final TV special, Elvis in Concert. Can't Help Falling in Love was also the last song he performed live at his concert in Indianapolis and Market Square Arena on 26 June 1977. 
Notable covers include UB40, Lick the Tens, and Bono and the Edge, all movie soundtrack selections. in the Sky with Diamonds from the Beatles 1967 album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. John Lennon's son Julian inspired the song with a nursery school drawing that he called Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Shortly before the album's release, speculation rose around the first letter of each of the nouns in the title and intentionally spelled LSD, the initialism commonly used for the hallucinogenic drug lysergic acid dithylamide. Lennon repeatedly denied that he had intended it as a drug song and attributed the song's fantastical imagery to his reading of Lewis, Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland books. The Beatles recorded Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds in March 1967, adding to the song's ethereal qualities. The musical arrangement includes a Lowry organ, part heavily treated uh, with studio effects, and a drone provided by an Indian tambura. The song has been recognized as a key work in the psychedelic genre, among its many other covers, 1974 recording by Elton John, with guest and parents by Lennon. It was a number one hit in the U.S. A 3.2 million year old 40% complete fossil skeleton of Australopithecus afarensis specimen discovered in 1974 by Donald Johansson, Eves Copens, Maurice Taib, and Tom Gray was named Lucy because the Beatles song was being played loudly and repeatedly on a tape recorder in the camp, because of course it was. The phrase Lucy in the Sky became Lucy in Disguise to the anthropologists because they initially did not understand the impact of their discovery, and they still don't. Dog and Butterfly by Heart. The title tracked Heart's fourth studio album, Dog and Butterfly, and the album's second single. It peaked at number 34. The song has Anne and Nancy Wilson pulling from their folk music influences. Anne has said that she was inspired when she looked out the window and saw a dog relentlessly chasing a butterfly. She saw the song as an inspiration when things get tough to keep going after it. Although it enjoyed only moderate chart success, the song has remained a setless staple for Hart consistently through the years. Done with the night from John Mellencamp's fourth studio album, Nothing Matters and What If It Did, 1980, released under his pseudonym of John Cougar, reached number 17. Produced by soul pioneer Steve Cropper, it was the album's most popular song. Mellencamp was attempting to write a soul song. He told Billboard magazine in 2001, I wanted to write something that was soulful and had an R&B feel to it. And being a young guy, I thought we should get Mr. Stack Soul himself to produce the record. That song even has a drum part we lifted straight off, off an old Motown record. 
All right, that is it for our song notes. And that means we are going to go straight into... Hang on, I got a little something for this. Welcome to Lyrics and Literature. Okay, there you go. See, classing it up. All right. Okay, so this time we've got, uh, well, we've got, we're going to start with um, uh, Salisbury Hill, and I picked out the verse, to keep in silence I resigned, my friends would think I was a nut. Turning water into wine, open doors would soon be shut. So I went from day to day, though my life was in a rut, till I thought of what I'd say, which connection I should cut. I like it when they rhyme, because it's, you know, makes me feel... Like, I'm not an idiot when I read it. Um, and as you probably guess, the literary reference here, you know, I'm going to keep that music up. I like that that Four Seasons by Vivaldi. That's kind of cool. should keep that going through the whole lyrics and literature segment. All right, so this uh, uh, Water into Wine, you know, as you could probably guess, is, is pulled from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. That's pressure. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. And he told them, now draw out some water, some out, and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did there in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. All right, now we have can't help falling in love. And from that, I pulled the verse, wise men say, only fools rush in, but I can't help falling in love with you. The first line, uh, the first line is a paraphrase of the line, fools rush in where angels fear to tread. From an essay on criticism by Alexander Pope, 1711. Uh, Alexander Pope was a little tiny guy. He was like four foot seven. He'd had some health problems when he was a kid, but he he wrote some pretty uh, uh, <laughs> uh, significant stuff. Uh, this line means it, it's immature and thoughtless to try things that the wise know better to avoid. Other famous phrases from that same poem include to err is human, to forgive divine, and a little learning is a dangerous thing. All right, now we go to, oh, that's all they got, the Vivaldi. Now let's go back to Vivaldi here, okay? Yeah, there we go. Got to put that on a loop. All right, we've got uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. So I pulled out, picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you. You answer quite slowly, a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. Um... 
like John said, he was reading a lot of Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland. So there's a poem at the end of Through the Looking Glass called A Boat Beneath a Sunny Sky. And it goes like this. A boat beneath a sunny sky, lingering on or dreamily in, in an evening of July. And then the rest is, you know, John tripping on LSD. Uh, dog and Butterfly. So I pulled out this verse. See the dog and butterfly. Up in the air, he likes to fly. Dog and butterfly. Below, she had to try. She rolled back down on the warm, soft ground laughing. She didn't know why. She don't know how, why. Dog and butterfly. <laughs> um, now, this one's, you know, I, this one I had to kind of, you know, dig a little bit. But to me, this kind of reminds me of Moby Dick, <laughs> Herman Melville. Uh, this line especially, swerve me, the path to my fixed purpose is laid with iron rails, whereon my soul is grooved to run, over unsounded gorges, through the rifled hearts of mountains, under torrents beds, unerringly I rush, knots an op- obstacle, knots an angle to the iron way, dog and butterfly, mm-hmm. you know, six of one half and does the other, right, knots an angle to the iron way, dog and butterfly, right. All right, and then they will end with, uh, and I ain't even done with the night. Well, I don't know no good come-ons, and I don't know no cool lines. I feel the heat of your frustration. I know it's burning you up deep down inside. You say that I'm the boy who can make it all come true. Well, I'm telling you that I don't know if I know what to do. Okay? Again, I'm going to have to stretch this one a little bit, and um, not quite what the lyrics are talking about but it sort of reminds me of it just pretend that joseph the famous you know joseph from genesis 29 5 through 20 um let's pretend he was you know a a boomer you know a baby boomer and he was growing up in the 60s you know and uh he didn't he, he didn't quite have the you know the the ancient morality that he had And what would he have done in this situation? You know, it goes like this. And Joseph was a beautiful form, unlike Mellencamp, and fair to look upon. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. See? And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master having me knoweth not what is in this house, and he hath pulled all that he hath into my hath, and he is greater than the hath, and neither the hath... Uh, he kept back anything from me because thou because he's probably stammering because he's you know you know she's tripping him hey Peter Gabriel just likes coming back every time how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God and it came to pass as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her and it came to pass on a certain day when he went in the house to do his work and there was none of the men of the house there within that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. So that's, you know, not exactly the same, but it could be, you know, it could be like, you know, Joseph is, hey, I feel the heat of your frustration. I know it's burning you to deep down the side. You say I'm the boy who can make it all come true. Well, I'm telling you that I don't know if I know what to do. Joseph knew what to do, though. Joseph knew he better get the frick out of there, okay? Uh, I've, I've heard some historians try to, you know, pull some ambiguity they they love to find uh not ambiguity ambivalence they love historians love to find ambivalence where it doesn't exist like 
when the Israelites were choosing a king. Oh, they they were ambivalent about choosing a king. No, they weren't. They were insistent on choosing a king. Okay, the the neither, nor was the prophet ambivalent. The prophet was like, no. Nor was God ambivalent. God was like, no, no king. In this case, Joseph's not ambivalent. He's like, hey, lady, you're scaring me. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, that's kind of that's kind of what I what I got out of. You guys have. Better literary literary references to the lyrics. Uh, you let me know. All right, Vivaldi. Thanks for doing your Vivaldi thing, and uh, we will stop it there. All right, and now it is time for our uh, Council of Learned Elders review. Take it away. We're going to start with Artillo, and then Emo Sean is going to bat clean up. And ooh, we're tied up. I missed a run. All right. Be right back with uh, with the polls. Greetings, this is Artillo. I'm doing these all out of order for the sake of balance. Starting with Can't Help Falling in Love by Elvis. You know what's more classic than a classic? Just kidding, I don't know either. But there are definitely days and times of day when I would skip this song. Like when I'm on my way to the DMV or gearing up to intimidate an opponent in a chess tournament. I still give this a five. Moving to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds by the Beatles. Am I missing something? Here's something I've been thinking about for a long time. Does everyone else think this is fanciful and rapturous? Did the Beatles think all of their stuff of this vein was happy? It snaps the needle off inside my brain. I want off this raft. I think I forgot to say that I gave that a one, but in the words of Emo Sean, I don't like the party like that. Moving on to number four, Salisbury Hill, Peter Gabriel. So we just had Phil Collins singing about going home, and now we've got Peter Gabriel singing about going home. It's a formula that apparently can't fail with me. Sentimentality. At two, dog and butterfly. I'm desperately trying to think when I would want to listen to this song. It's not working. It's a shame because I like the title. It just hits too sad. You know how Netflix and the like all try to come up with a weirdly specific genre listing for each thing? In this case, I think the mood is wistful awe. And I think I would have to skip it nine times out of ten. I think this is a porch song. And here's a patio song. Ain't even done with the night, John Mellencamp, at three. Dude, this is dusk on a big patio with a light breeze and mood lighting. <laughs> and with that, I will leave you to the rest of your evening. May the breezes be favorable, the work light, and the sleep sweet. Unless it be Friday, in which case, happy Friday. Top 1,000 radio listeners all over the globe. This is Emo Sean coming at you from an undisclosed location somewhere near a helium supply. Before Emo Sean dives into this overly tranquil list, he must address the host, Mr. Chris Naren's take on the removal of a pizza delivery sign from a moving car with an extension cord. Emo Sean denies taking part in such hijinks and personally has spoken with the host's brother, Mr. Dean Naren, 
Said brother worked for said pizza delivery and heard of the incident from his co-worker. Emotion will not reveal the culprit's names because they are men of wealth and power with connections to the Illuminati. Now to the list. Number five, Salisbury Hill. Emotion thinks this is a somewhat upbeat chill song. It has some dynamics that appeal to Emotion. This list is a bit weak. Another uh, more robust list, Emotion may have ranked this a three. Number four, Can't Help Falling in Love. It is a favorite of Emotion. The melody and movement is perfect. The King's vocals are butter. Emotion dropped it uh, one spot because he feels like rocking today. Number three, Ain't Even Done With The Night. Good song. Again, Emo Sean wants to rock. This list is not rocking. Gotta give it a three. Number two, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. This one rocks more, but giving it a two because Emo Sean has never liked the song. It's a bit circusy, or maybe like riding in circles on a merry-go-round. I kind of want to get off, please. Number one, Dog and Butterfly. Nope. Don't dig it. Emotion will continually express his love for the Barracuda. Won't deny the music expertise of heart, but Emotion is not in the mood ever. Emotion is out. Bye. Alrighty. Thank you, Emotion and Artillo. Um, snaps the needle off in your brain. Um, is there anything we need to know, Artillo? That's heard that one before um and i do agree with the description of patio song okay uh yeah i love to hang out on a night like tonight where it's going to be in the mid 70s outside and you know listen to something chill like ain't even done with the night that's that's for sure um emo sean um your denial yeah i'll take your word for it but I'm really running out of a way to explain your pants. So I just was assumed when you got drugged, you know, that you were holding on to the extension cord with your feet out in front of you and you were being drugged, you know, like that. And then the pants kind of rode up and that hints that the permanent quality of your voice. I mean, he, we, we can say helium and I know helium's involved, but I mean, it's always like that. That's so that's, I, yeah, I don't know. But I'll take your word for it. Um, all right, let's move on to the polls. The challenger poll this time was a, another runaway. Uh, there, there for a while we were getting nothing but ties, 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 ties. But the last couple of challenger polls have been runaway uh, winners. And in this case, it's Blondie one way or another. We had three votes for Blondie at the, uh, at the, on Spotify. Uh, three people used the poll on that one. And then uh, a total, though, for the Council of Learned Le- Learned Elders was five. And then the censorial laymen and women came in uh, with two. Peter Frampton got a pathetic one on that one. And poor Steve Winwood didn't get any, any votes. So Blondie will replace yesterday's loser. And then in the song battle itself, we had this time participating besides our musical crossfitters artillo and emo sean you had uh joel and coach josh and mcknight 
Okay, thanks guys for precipitating. Um, they came in big for Can't Help Falling in Love, 22. And then in second place, you had uh, Salisbury Hill, 19. And then uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamond with 13. Ain't Even Done with the Night with 12. And Poor Dog and Butterfly with 9. Adding them to the Coastal Congress, Salisbury Hill got nothing from the, from the slaw poll. Um, Can't Help Falling in Love got the obligatory 5. So it's, you know. Obviously going to do well. Uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds was the big winner at the Slaw Pole. Um, and it's good enough to put that song in third place. <laughs> All right. So the uh, the the final results for the Coleslaw Congress was Can't Help Falling in Love, Salisbury Hill, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, Ain't Even Done with the Night, and Dog and Butterfly. All right. Now, how did I come down? I still don't have a gavel, but I'll do this. Well, I just crushed my airpods there we go that kind of sounded like a gavel didn't it i am going to give my five to can't help falling in love that's our big winner because um you know that is that is the song i wasn't kidding last episode that is the song that i sang to my wife at our wedding and uh uh that around that time just maybe a few years a year or two before we got married a movie came out called Honeymoon in Vegas with uh, Nicolas Cage and uh, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parka, Parka uh, whatever her name was. And uh, there were a bunch of, a bunch of artists did. In fact, there was at least one artist from this, <laughs> two artists from this list that uh, featured on there. John Mellencamp, I think did a, did a cover of, Gosh, what was what did he do? Jailhouse Rock or something? I don't know. Um, but they had you know some pretty big names doing uh, doing co- Elvis covers for that soundtrack. Billy Joel did one. It was wasn't very good. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Uh, one of my favorites was uh, Dwight Yoakam did a did an awesome cover of Suspicious Minds, and that one might get on the list, you know, as well as the the original because the original is one of my favorite songs ever. Um, but, uh, Bono and the edge did a version of can't help falling in love that I really liked. And they kind of did, they, you know, um, uh, you know, in their, uh, Octune baby zoo TV tour that, you know, uh, covered both their Octune baby album and their Zuropa album. They just kind of did this huge tour that spanned two albums. Um, they would, they would do can't help falling in love as a, as a, uh, finale kind of a, as an homage to Elvis because uh, that was part of that whole, you know, Mephisto character was kind of part of that was Elvis in his, you know, Vegas days, that, that kind of thing. But that was a really interesting uh, version. And, you know, when he gets to, gets to, I can't help falling in love. Uh, he, he, Bono goes up into this really high falsetto and it, it's very effective. And uh, so what we did at, at, at the wedding was the music was kind of the, the Bono and the Edge version. And I can't really do that falsetto, like at least not the way he did it. Um, I just kind of did a straightforward, you know, vocal. Um, but uh, but it, to me, it I thought it turned out really good because it... It was super chill, and the, the instrumentation we had, we didn't, you know, we didn't have all the, you know, the strings and all that stuff. But the way the, 
you know, the guitar, uh, I think Brian Mina of Mina Tones fame, uh, played the guitar on that one. Um, and my buddy Mike was on the drums and he did a great job. And my brother was on the bass doing a great job. And so, um, so that was really cool. And then there's another really great version in my estimation by the, I think they're either Irish or Scottish. Um, I think they're Scottish, uh, called Lick the Tens. And they do a very kind of Celtic uh, version of it. And it was, that was for a, a movie soundtrack called Some Kind of Wonderful, which is, I think, uh, one of the underrated John Hughes films of the 1980s. Um, Andrew McCarthy and Mary Stewart Masterson and Leah Thompson, I think. Um, but that was a that was a really cool version. I, I put that on my playlist quite often. And then, of course, probably uh, the better known of all the the covers would be the UB40 uh, cover, which eh, is just okay for me. Um, but anyway, that's that that's a big song in my um, my life, and you know, it's it's uh, it definitely gets my five. And then I'm gonna give Ain't Even Done with the Night a four because. Uh, I've always loved that song, you know, going back, you know, to the 70s. And, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite Mellencamp songs and one of my favorite songs. All right, so it's going to get a four. Um, I'm going to give the three to Salisbury Hill. I I really like that one, too. It's super chill, and um, it's very interesting. I I like that, that guitar tripling. Um, Whoever's correct on that one, I'm pretty sure the guitar player... I had it right, but Bob Ezrin, you know, as a producer, he's, he's ahead of his time, and the guy knew what he was doing, even if he didn't have a great memory, but, uh, that song is, is, um, it's ahead of its time, I think, I mean, it, to me, I, I, I mean, I don't, I can't remember when I found out what year it came out, I don't remember it from the 70s, when I was a kid, um, I remember hearing it more in the 80s, so I, I just assumed it was an 80s era song, I uh, wasn't really into Peter Gabriel, didn't really dig into any information on him, but, um, but that, yeah, that song is ahead of its time, I think. And, and, uh, the, a lot of that goes to Bob Ezrin. He was one of the better producers out there. And so my two, I'm going to give that to dog and butterfly. Okay. <laughs> it's not one of my favorite heart songs, but it, to me, I like, you know, I like the folksy heart and um, I like the I like the lyrics to the song. It's uh, it's a cool way to write a lyric, if you ask me. And you are because you're listening. And so, how can I give "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds" by the Beatles a uh, one? Because I agree with Emo Sean. I never really liked that song. <laughs> okay, um, uh, John Lennon's voice is grating. I never really liked John Lennon's voice that much. Um, I prefer Paul, and uh, I don't really, you know, I don't know if I buy his, my son drew a freaky picture and I made a song out of it. Uh, those guys were tripping on acid, so. Um, you know, Elvis was right about the Beatles. They're, you know, they're KGB agents. <laughs> I don't know. Elvis knew, though. That's why they got him. Okay, that'll do it for the song battle. Uh, our next challengers poll. This one will be a good one. Uh, got got a new a new band that's never been on there before. Uh, first, a band that's been on there before and is already on the list. The Outfield. Uh, they're already on the list with Your Love. And 
Uh, they're back on the Challenger pole with all the love in the world. So if you've never heard that song, go give it a listen. Okay, you, you, if you like your love, you're gonna like all the love in the world. Okay, and then our our new uh, uh, challenger, never been on the pole before, would be the Priest, Judas Priest, uh, with Electric Eye, and I'll talk about why I picked that song on the next episode if you guys choose Electric Eye. Uh, and then back on the Challenger's pole hasn't I I don't think he's won one maybe he has um, but it's Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band with Rosalita okay that's my favorite Bruce Springsteen song and so if you want him on the list that's the song you're gonna pick okay now our next song battle is going to be an interesting it's gonna rock a little bit more than this one did uh, but it's not all rock all the time this one's got a little more variety in it. We're going to start with Century City by Tom Petty, Sunday Morning Coming Down, Johnny Cash, La Via Strangiato by Rush, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by U2, and Just What I Needed by The Cars. All right, people, that will do it. And I'm going to play you out with another song from my wedding, from our wedding. It was There was two of us involved. And this one is a uh, a great song that's going to be on the list. It's probably going to get, well, I can almost guarantee you it's going to get a five at some point. This is Twilight by Tourniquet. Have a good one. My mind is clean. <laughs> 